Hey, Chosen Girl fam. I'm Liz. I'm Sarah. And welcome to the Chosen Girl Tell Me About It podcast. We are two best friends passionate about having real conversations about where real life meets the gospel. Meet us here every Tuesday as we go to God's Word about different topics we all face. No matter if you're in the car or doing laundry around the house, we hope that you feel like you're sitting right across the table from us enjoying your Chick-fil-A sweet tea. Yes, girl. We would so love if y'all would take the time to rate and subscribe to the podcast. And don't forget about our free resources on our Instagram and at thechosengirl.com. Let's get this party started. Hey guys, welcome back. It's Tell Me About It Tuesday, our favorite day of the week, other than Friday. And Sunday, should we say Sunday? Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we want to say Sunday, but we love Sunday because, of course, it's their day to worship the Lord and it's a day to rest. But also, don't love Sundays because then we're anticipating the Monday that's coming out. Yeah, Sunday, like at 2 p.m., I'm instantly like, oh, it came and went again. Another yeah. week. Man, you know that you're getting old when you talk about stuff like that. <laughs> you know we have arrived and I'm not mad at it you have know? arrived at the ripe old age of 26 <laughs> I mean, yes. like, when we got on here we're, I was telling Sarah that I'm get as soon as we get off and we're finished recording that I'm gonna go dig in my flower beds like the retired teacher that I am at heart love that yes you know it's sad that when you get excited to do stuff like that but like you know, I'm okay with a drama-free life. I'm okay with the highlight of my week being like, oh my gosh, I'm going to like set up a fire pit on Saturday. Like, you know, if you're hating, you just ain't turned 25 yet. Like, it's okay. We'll get there. Yes. <laughs> We're like, me and Liz are like, look at us. We're the pinnacle. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Absolutely. I remember this is showing like what a nerd I am. I remember for my eighth birthday, I wanted a bedroom redo and it was Barbie before. So eight-year-old Sarah was done with Barbie. And so I wanted the theme of my bedroom to be French country because the year before one of our family friends had gotten me a subscription to cut to country living magazine and Southern living magazine. And I was just ready here for the farmhouse look in my room when I was eight years old, I'm like, man, that little girl, <laughs> that little girl needs some help <laughs> reading yeah. her country living magazine. <laughs> oh my gosh. No girl. I'm here for that every day. Girl. <laughs> I love how I just admitted that to our world of followers. Hello everyone. Um, <laughs> but while you're listening, if you haven't subscribed and shared our podcast, if this discipleship series has helped you whatsoever, we would love if you did so and share with your friends because word of mouth is just so so sweet and we're always so honored but you never know how it could change somebody's day like they could hear something in this or other podcasts that we highly recommend in our recommendations tab on our website and and it could literally change everything for them just one word just one verse from god and i think that that's the power of the holy spirit just meeting you right where you are exactly at the right time amen and, you know, we invite you to, to leave us a review if you like it. Message us if you didn't like it. Let us know, like, how we can, how we can do better. If you think 
that there's something out there or um, if you have any suggestions for upcoming episodes, we, we really do check our, our DMs and um, we'd love to hear from you all. The good things, the bad things, all the things, that there's ways that we can pray for you. We really do consider you all my family. So we're so glad that um, we get to do this, this thing together. Absolutely. So today we're going to continue discipleship and we called this episode the hard stuff. So we've kind of talked, we went through, you know, what discipleship was with Mac and Ken's and then with discipleship 101. And then last week we talked about the number one thermometer for discipleship. And that's how we love people, Mm -hmm. which sounds all warm and fuzzy, but this week we're going to kind of talk about the flip side of that and how hard it is sometimes and we don't mean that in a way like it's so hard to follow jesus jesus is not what makes it hard jesus is what makes it easy it's people and sin and this world and this the struggles that come along with this sinful world that make it hard so little disclaimer there it's not hard because of jesus it's hard because of us (laughs) like it's not you it's me jesus I love that TikTok for real. That's that's so good. Yes. But, um, I'm glad that we, you know, I feel like the the hard conversations and the difficult things about picking up our cross daily and carrying it are the things that we really don't talk about. And I think that's because somewhat sometimes we can be very egocentric, so thinking of thinking about ourselves and all the good things that the Lord brings to us, but the fact yeah. that, um, that we get to do this in the name of, of Jesus Christ is worth it. Just think yeah. of all the hard conversations that you have had or that you're going to have, you have an opportunity to set a precedent as far as how some, a person, how a Christ follower handles conflict. You have an opportunity to set the tone. And that says an awful lot when so many people have been church hurt or have been hurt by people of faith or who don't know Christ at all. And yeah. it's such an honor that we have. Um, not everybody gets that opportunity. So I think the way in which we view the world can have a great impact on um, how we respond and your perception is up to you. So instead of looking at conflict, and I will admit I still struggle with this sometimes looking at conflict as a bad thing, it can actually be a good thing. Absolutely. And, you know, we're going to go through a few questions of, you know, confrontation and conflict and loving others. Well, like, Oh, the fine line between like love and acceptance and boundaries and all of that stuff. But um, first, it's so important that we realize, you know, kind of what God's kingdom economy is like. And when I say kingdom, I don't even necessarily mean like heaven itself. That could definitely apply. But like basically the way that God works and that is completely opposite of culture. So like just a few examples that Jesus has spoken. These are all in the gospels. Like to find your life or to gain life, you need to lose it. Like taking up your cross daily. You know, if somebody slaps you on one cheek, you just turn around, honey, let them slap you on the other one. Of course, Jesus was being, was he being metaphorical or, you know, we'll just leave that up to your own interpretation. My Jesus was flipping tables, so I I don't see anybody trying to lay a hand on him. No, 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 no. Yeah, we, (laughs) Jesus was savage. Jesus was savage. We love him for that. Um, you know, if you if you think it's better to receive your wrong, it's so much better to give. Like 
so many things, praying for your enemies, blessing them when they curse you. If somebody asks you to walk a mile with them, say, hey, I'm going to walk two with you. If somebody asks you for the shirt off your back, give them your coat as well. So, and then, oh my gosh, one of my favorite things that Jesus got into, Liz, was when everybody was asking him about like, uh, what about this? What about this? And he's like, you know, you've heard it said, an eye for an eye, but I say, bless those who curse you. Or I can't remember the, the exact wording of what he said. And then he says, you've heard it said, don't commit adultery. But I say, if you're even lusting after somebody in your mind and nobody knows about that, that's just as bad. And yep. you need to ask for forgiveness for that. So Jesus, that tells us he wasn't about like, he wasn't only about physical, literal sin being like, physically done in a verb with your hands, like slapping somebody, actually physically committing adultery with somebody. Yes, that's still sin. But also he's like, you got to deal with the sin in your heart. Like, that's true. And, and that's a prime example of when Jesus died on the cross, that changeover from things being about law to moving to love, which we talked about last week. Yeah. That it's, it's no longer about what everyone else can see. It's about how attentive you are to the word of God on your own. And yes. And you can hold yourself to. Um, and I think that's, and that's hard. Holding yourself to a high standard. I mean, let's just talk about it for a second. Sarah, have you ever held yourself to not necessarily a ridiculous standard, but something that was like, didn't really make sense. And I'll, I'll give an example. When I was in college, I never wore sweatpants to class, except to dance class. Because that makes sense. Queen, yes. I, I never did it because I wanted to uphold a standard that I, for me, that I'm going to be not necessarily most comfortable and slouchy. And I'm not saying that about anybody else. That was for me. For sure. That was for you, yeah. But I wanted to uphold this, the, this posture for learning because I knew that I was here to learn so I can get in and get out. It paid off, you know, for me. Yeah. That's how I took it. Is there a standard like that in your life? Girl. <laughs> every day no I'm just kidding it's it's kind of more of the toxic expectations of like you know I'm all about setting goals and I'm, I'm an Enneagram 3 y'all so like um I'm all about achievement and seeing success and goals and working hard and sometimes I have this idea of if I don't do x y or z that I'm failing or even like just something that could be considered toxic that I do um depending on my motivation behind it in an argument I always apologize first and I'm not saying that to brag but like honestly if I get down to the root reason I just say that so I can get over the confrontation and get over the conflict like oh I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry like it's not because I'm holier than that it's because I'm like terrified of confrontation and conflict so sometimes I end up apologizing for things that like weren't my fault or weren't, didn't even merit an apology, yet I'm inflicting this shame on myself, like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you know, so I think that we all do stuff that, like, gets under our own skin with expectations that we literally set for ourselves, that when we break them, we're just, like, inflicting shame and guilt on ourselves. So, as disciples of Christ, I, and we, I mean, we recognize, we recognize those things that we do in our own lives, but how do we hold ourselves more accountable and really allow for God to have that, those conversations with us. You know, we talked about you will learn the voice of the Lord. As yeah. Talk to him more and more. And it's just because it's 
the Lord will, the Holy Spirit will call you out. Like yeah. no business. And so how do you prepare your heart to, to, to receive that, but then also make an action out of that? Yeah, that's hard. I think for me, like whenever kind of talking about being so hard on myself, I feel like that's definitely more condemnation. And I love the verse. I use it all the time. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So like when I feel convicted about something, it's a completely different sensation in my heart than condemnation. Like, have y'all ever done something wrong? And you're like, like, mm, I've got to call that person right now and apologize. It's more of an ushering to act like, and I think we've talked about this before, like how conviction spurs action and condemnation spurs negative feeling about yourself and shame and guilt. Yes. Like they, they result in something completely different. Mm -hmm. And, um, I heard a TikTok today about the word shame. This is not in our notes, y'all. Like we're completely off. Like, but I think that this is some good stuff to talk about. Um, how shame is the way that like, oh, I can't remember what it said, but it said like shame is the reminder of the effect that Satan has had on you. And he's just like laughing at the fact that he got you like you're still feeling that way you're still in that hamster wheel of shame just that horrible downtrodden feeling that you feel is so hopeless but that's not true at all um but I think that there's a huge outcome between conviction and condemnation Mm -hmm. conviction always leads to action for me right right and um I love that we're having this conversation especially as we began talking about those, those difficult conversations. They're, they're not so difficult when you're having them unless, of course, you're afraid of the truth, which is very real. I mean, like, there have been things that I just choose to ignore because the, the truth is hurtful. Lizzo but, said it. Lizzo said that. Yeah. <laughs> truth hurts. Yes. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Lord, forgive me. Okay. <laughs> but then also, so if, what happens if we have to have those hard conversations with our friends I mean that's something that's not always easy and because you're when, when it's you it's like it's just you I don't really you know you're like I'll, I'll get over myself whatever but when you start bringing in other people you start thinking about the things that are tied to that whether that be a relationship or a friendship or sisterhood or brotherhood you know whatever it is and it becomes hard because those people can choose to leave and like you're stuck yeah but if they don't like what you're saying even if you feel that you're right or you mean no harm they can still choose to take it in a way that is hurtful and yeah. they leave that relationship and so how do you have those conversations in a way that are that's productive but also shows love Ooh, it's really that? funny it's really funny liz and i when we were comparing notes we both had the same verses for all of these pretty much and yeah. i was like it looks like we copied each other's homework girly Um, I think the first step is what's your relationship with that person? Mm -hmm. Like, are they a friend? Christians have gotten such a bad rap for like, we take these verses here to the extreme. So we're calling people out on social media for their sin. We're calling people out who aren't even Christians for their sin, which we've talked about that verse before Liz, where, um, 
if someone does not subscribe to Christianity, then they are not held to the same standard. Yes. Like, that's not fair. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm going to use this as an example. I have a good friend who's a vegetarian, and I think that that's great. Like, whatever your choice is with what you want to put in your body like that. Um, Nourishment or whatever. Um, And she never makes me feel condemned for not being a vegetarian. So if I'm over here eating a hamburger, she's not saying, oh my gosh, you're so stupid. Like, why... Why are, why are you eating that? And I'm like, I'm eating this because I'm not a vegetarian. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and that may seem like a silly example, but like, if I was a vegetarian and I'm over here with a ribeye, she'd be like, oh my gosh, what are you doing, girl? Mm-hmm. You know, are you not a vegetarian anymore? So that kind of brings me to Galatians 6.1. Paul says, brothers, okay, He's talking to his brothers in Christ. He's not talking to a stranger. He's not talking to somebody not in his faith. He's talking to someone, a group close enough that he's calling brothers. Okay. If anyone's caught up in transgression, you who are spiritual. So if you ain't close to God, you you ain't got the green light. Okay. okay. Should, re- should restore him. Restore mm-hmm. in a spirit of gentleness. Yes. And then it says, keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. I love that. I, I, you know, whenever I read this verse, I just imagine it pretty much being said to me by, like, by my mother. Yes. My mother reminding me that, like, saying essentially, you are, I, for those of you who don't know, I'm the youngest of five. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm the youngest of five, and I have all older brothers, and they're much older than I am. And it's just like, I feel like my mother's telling me, you're your brother's keeper. And in reality, I am. I'm the ringleader and I'm the youngest and the smallest of all of them. But she's coming at me too saying, but you better watch it because they're going to have to keep you too. Don't, don't get yourself, don't get your head too big. Yes. And so that's, that's what I love about um, one, this, this whole little section, it's really verse one through, um, I think through 10 that talks about, you know, bearing one another's burdens, but there's so much power and having someone to hold you accountable. For I sure. Think our society tells us that that's something to be afraid of. Um, on, that you should be afraid on both sides, being held accountable and being in charge of holding someone else accountable. Because you're like, how can you hold them accountable if you, if you make a mistake? And you know, that it, it alludes that you have to be perfect in order to, to hold somebody to a higher standard. And it reminds me of this saying that, you know, our, our job is not to call each other out, but to call each other up to a higher standard. That's really good. When we subscribe to that higher standard, we need people to hold us accountable because you know that we're not perfect and that we're going to stumble and fall. And it's way easier for someone to pull you down than for you to pull somebody up. Yeah. Especially alone. Oh, absolutely. And when you dissect this, like, I know that it doesn't go into details, but it gives you the actual like play by play of what you're supposed to do. So first it says brothers. Okay. If someone's not that close to you, then nope that Mm -hmm. they're out. Nope. That's not your job. That's not your job. If anyone's caught in transgression, okay. You who are spiritual, not you who are religious, not you who think that your crap don't stink. Not you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sorry. I'm calling, I'm calling people out. Um, you who are spiritual, what should you do? Restore. What a great word. Mm -hmm. 
it doesn't say you should teach them. It doesn't say you should lecture them. It doesn't say you should Bible thump at them. It says you restore them in a spirit of gentleness. So if we think about that, like, how do we do that? Like when I think about being gentle with something, I think about handling something that's fragile mm -hmm. and you care for it. And like, I think about a person who their heart might be fragile in an act of sin or in feeling guilt over that sin. Like you're there for them. You ask them how they're doing. You serve them in a way that they can basically in a nutshell, you show them love. Yeah. And gentleness and that will restore them. And, you know, I think that there are room for hard conversations, but if it's going to be a lecture, I don't know about you guys, but when I know that I've done something wrong, I don't need somebody to lecture me over it. No. And it makes you, it always makes you feel worse. That's like when you get pulled over. Have you, have you ever got pulled over for speeding? <laughs> Girl, me too. Sorry, Lord. He already knew. <laughs> um, and it's like, yeah, only like seven times. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, like, I don't need the officer to go on and on about you were speeding. It's even worse when they were like, yeah, you were going 17 or 17 over. And I'm like, I get it. I was speeding. Thank you. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't need the more that they go on, the madder you become and you feel stupid and you feel incompetent. Like, goodness like and then you've got to pay the the dang ticket you know I'm like this is bad enough I don't need to know about how fast I was driving and how I shouldn't drive that fast like I messed up I was listening to the radio I shouldn't have driven that fast like I completely know that I messed up and that's how it is when anybody like commits any sin if they are feeling guilty and they've known they've messed up the last thing that they need to hear about is how bad they were for messing up they need restoration yeah they need uplifting like you said and then I love that Paul puts in there like don't think that you're too good to not fall into that sin yourself yeah because we are all going to sin in some way or another and no one's too good for anything like that's kind of like a humbling moment there oh yeah for sure you know one of the main things is in that restoration the restoration does not mean that you diminish the point that you're trying to make that's right. Yeah. And sometimes that can be, I know I'm just calling myself out. Like that can be easy for me. It's just like, no, it's totally okay. But in reality, I'm like, it's not okay. If you do, if I'm, if I'm to the point where we need to have a conversation about it, I, it's not, we don't need to be backtracking. No, that, no, it's totally okay. You know, you shouldn't feel bad. You know, it was my, you know, and then take, take the blame for it for something that you didn't even do. Um, just depending on, on the situation. So it's okay to stand your ground, but in that say you know i'm i'm not here to to make you feel bad you know like i you know and state your purpose and yeah why it is important to one you know be with one with the holy spirit Two, you know go to a brother if you go to a friend they may not know your character and especially if you don't go to a stranger that's why i i'm not a big personal fan of those people who go out and and condemn people on the streets because they're they're shouting all these condemnations at strangers and here yeah. it's like, your brother and it makes yes. a difference, you know, you're, it's, <laughs> I'll, um, I'll make, a crack a joke at my dad. Um, he was a farmer and always wore overalls. And he always had something to say about the outfits I would wear. Y'all, I would never wear anything scandalous or anything like that. But um, one day I said, dad, I'm not taking fashion advice from a man who only wears overalls. Love that. <laughs> <laughs> so essentially it was just like saying, 
hey, we don't find ourselves in the same categories with the same struggles. Yes. How do you know, like, what's good and what's bad? I'm not sure I can trust your opinion on this matter. Girl, that's good. If you go to a brother or a sister in Christ, you're going to someone with a like mind. like For sure. Like experiences. Or, you know, even if they have different experiences, they can point something unique out. So um, that's one of the, the things I love about this, this verse, uh, Galatians 6.1. Yeah, and then we both had the verse in Matthew too. Is it Matthew fifteen? Yeah. Um, um, yeah, Matthew eighteen fifteen. Yes, Matthew eighteen fifteen. If your brother sins again, using the word brother, if your brother sins specifically against you, go and tell him between you and him alone. Okay, so no gossip, y'all. <laughs> Liz just snapped. <laughs> It's, it, I know that it's hard and, you know, I'm not, I'll, I'll admit, I've been guilty of this of sometimes venting in a way that is not, that's um, words that have not been pleasing to the Lord. We all have, be, girl. Just to be, just to be getting it out there. And, you know, it's not to, it's not to, um, to make anyone change their perspective of another person, but some, sometimes we have to be careful with the way that we are venting. Um, and if, especially if you're venting without having intentions or having had gone to that other person to discuss it first absolutely and also it it goes on to say if he listens to you you've gained a brother if he doesn't listen take two or three or take one or two others along with you i think that that's like establishing accountability and witnesses mm -hmm. um and if he refuses to listen to them tell it well this this gets very very extreme tell it to the church which i'm guessing church leadership and if he refuses to listen even to the church, um, let him, oh my goodness, we're name calling now. Let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. <laughs> so like, AKA, they're really not your friend anymore. So this is kind of how I interpret this circa 2021. So like, let's just say, we're, I'm just going to use me and you as an example, Liz. And I feel like this might be how we would handle this anyway like, hey, Liz, you said something, and and I don't think you meant to rub me the wrong way, but it did, so can you please clarify, like, what happened with this, like, I'm so sorry if I offended you in any way, I just had my feelings hurt by this particular thing that you said to me, okay, if you're like, oh my gosh, I am so sorry, that is not how I meant it, or hey, I did not mean to blurt that out, I was having a bad day that day, that was so out of line, I should not have said that, okay, you're done with that, but if I come at you and I say, girl, I meant every word and I've yes. said, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes. So then if you wouldn't listen, like if I feel like, and all of this comes with boundaries guys, because I, um, I've had people act ugly to me before in the past. And I'm like, I see that they aren't going to see my side mm -hmm. or understand where I'm coming from. And so I've, I've apologized for my end. They, don't really want to reconcile and they voice that with me because that's hard that's something we haven't talked about is is when someone doesn't give you forgiveness and, and that's really hard like hard to deal with so then I kind of defer to the verse um Romans twelve eighteen. if it's possible as far as it depends on you live at peace with everyone so if you've done everything that you can do then you've done everything that you can do Right. If you feel comfortable, if y'all have a mutual friend in the faith, go talk to them about it. See if y'all can reconcile all three of you together. 
if they refuse to listen, like I'm thinking like, even if you're involved in church with that person, go to a counselor or a pastor at your church, say, Hey, we need help working this out. And then if that still doesn't work, work out, then maybe they should not be your friend anymore. And I know that sounds like kindergarten, but well, one of the things is that in my version, um, this questions, um, Matthew 18, 15 through 19 or 15 through 20, it's listed under dealing with sin in the church. Oh, wow, Liz. And so this is, it's not just saying that you can Like a just, disagreement. Yeah, don't, you don't F off your friends because they disagreed with you about something or they didn't see it in your perspective. But this is calling out those that are in the church. If you have someone in, someone within your church or someone like your church leadership that you may be disagreeing with, I know that that can be really touchy. And I know that, you, you know, we're not called to just, you know, completely, it says treat them as mine as a pagan or a tax collector. Um, LOL. But, but you, we should not be afraid to call out our those in the church. We are we are their keeper. Yeah. Well, this and, and I think that there's a right way to go about that. That that is really outlined here. And that was another. You know, we just talked about confronting a friend in love. Another question that we had that like this is the hard stuff, y'all. Like, yeah. what do we do when church leadership, another Christian, when church? leadership in the faith or another Christian is misleading or immoral. And that is hard because I know a lot of listeners have, you know, heard horrible stories about pastors or youth pastors or experienced if to any of the servers out there who are listening, who serve on Sunday afternoons. And it's notorious that the crowds that come after church to restaurants on Sundays act ugly. I apologize to you. I'm so sorry. On behalf of our family of faith, like, I'm just going to say it, that's wrong. That sucks. That's not correct. Mm-hmm. And I'm so sorry. And I pray that Liz, mine and your generation and the generation, any, whoever generation that you're in rising up, that we can, we can be the different ones yes. that we can actually be the Christ followers and not just the Christians. But, mm-hmm. um, y'all like, that's hard. That's yeah. hard when you see another Christian or a leader in faith let you down. It, it is really hard whenever they let you down. And I want to say this very gently in, in reference to verse 17, which says that they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. And if they refuse to listen to even the church, you know, you treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. When I say, I say this very gently too, it is okay to put some distance in between. Yeah. It does not mean that you stop praying for them or caring for them. But sometimes when, when you realize that you are coming to someone and you have checked yourself biblically as an individual, and when you check yourself, you know, biblically with other members of the faith, when you check yourself again with, you know, leadership within the church, and it's still not, especially on issues that, that are really pertinent. I'm not talking about little stuff that can be easily handled. It is okay if you feel like you need space to ensure that you are um, keeping that inner circle ones that are always keeping your best faith, your best interest at heart yeah. through the faith of the Lord. Like if they're, if they're not here to serve the same purpose, it's hard to go in one direction when if you've got five people rowing and one person's going the wrong direction, it just slows you down. Yeah. And it's really hard. But we're, again, we're not saying don't love them, but I just recognize when sometimes those relationships can become toxic. Absolutely. And also too, like, I think that it's important to say, like, the Bible instructs us to not neglect the gathering of believers. Mm -hmm. 
we, the capital C church, like the big church, like we're the bride of Christ. And so if anybody has experienced church hurt, I encourage you don't punish yourself because you've been hurt by a leader or an individual in the church. Don't hurt your own faith, like either reconcile with that person or pray to God about, Hey, what church should I be in? Where should I, what, what small group do I need to be plugged into? So I can, can continue to learn and grow in faith. Um, because just like with restaurants, I mean, I've eaten at a bad restaurant before. Um, but that doesn't mean I stop eating at all restaurants because I had that one bad experience or a bad, you know, server or meal, or I got food poisoning or whatever. So, and I know that, that church hurt is much deeper than having a bad restaurant experience. Like it's very hurtful and it's very hard and it kind of messes with your mind a little bit about faith and, and even scripture or or whatever, but a verse in Ecclesiastes 7.20 says, surely there is not a righteous man on earth who does good and never sins. And that's just saying, you know, just like the verse in Romans, for all have sinned. And that's not an excuse for sin. That's just saying what Ephesians 5.12 says, therefore be imitators of God as beloved children. Walk in love, just as Christ. And so, we aren't supposed to be looking at these humans for our example. I think it's great to have mentors and, and to look up to people, but our ultimate, ultimate example and our ultimate person that we're supposed to be imitating is Jesus. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Not yeah. our pastor, not our small group leader. And all of those people are important. And I, I, I love our family of faith working for the greater good of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. But if that becomes an idol, even, like, hey, I'd rather listen to my pastor give me the word than me read the word myself. Ooh, you better check yourself. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that man, that's so real. I mean, when you were giving the analogy of, you know, at a restaurant, just because you have a, one bad experience at a restaurant, also, just because you had one bad experience at a restaurant doesn't mean that you stop eating altogether. And, oh, that's so true, Liz. Like, make sure that you are getting fed by the word of God. Girl, look at you turning that into an analogy spiritually. You getting fed at the restaurant, yes. You know, you know, but you know, it's also make sure again, yoke up with the right people that'll call you out if something that is becomes an idol in your life. And I would love to think that, you know, we are that it's very unlikely that a person or a pastor or a church or a culture or a thing can like that can become an idol over God. But it's not something that happens quickly. Yeah. That seems good. Um, there, you know, you think about um, what is what is that one game where you're given a phrase and then one person writes it, one person draws it, one person writes it, one person draws until it gets to the end. I have never played that, but that sounds like so much fun. Oh my gosh, one you have okay, we'll have to we'll have to play it for sure. So for those Absolutely. people who are there, Please comment or like let us know what this game is called because I I really want to know because someone is screaming at their screen right now like this is what it is <laughs> and so but in that you know you it starts off at one thing and it it's kind of like the game of telephone it gets distorted on its way down and that's why if you want it's it's more it's easier for to, for someone to slip something past you on the way yeah if it's constantly being changed and it's hard to keep up. And it all seems fine and dandy because you think like, I trust the person who's delivering this, but you have to be in the word yourself. You need a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Yes. And if you haven't done that yet, I, I invite you to do that today. 
Absolutely. There's nothing that'll change your life more than having that relationship with Christ. It's, it is the thing that makes waking up, going through this life, the burdens and the pains and the struggles of this world are only worth it when you do it by Jesus. Yes. So true. So true. Okay. Next hard thing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, there's more. There's even more than we're talking about. And y'all know that, but if you've lived on this earth, you know, at any amount of time, um, how do we handle our own sin? That's really hard. There's when we sin against others, when we sin against God, there's shame and guilt and there's a lot of baggage with that. There is a lot of baggage and you really do have to check your heart because you can recognize that you're sinning and not have a heart that is willing to change. Mm. That's it's very real. And sometimes the places that one of the things that I feel like the devil loves to get us in are places where we are very comfortable. Yes. Sorry. I just yawned at the same time that I said, yes. When you are, you are so comfortable in your sin, the devil loves to keep you there. He tries to, you know, put things in your mind about, um, like that it's okay that other people are doing it, that, you know, what's God going to do to you? He's not going to kick you out of heaven. But then that's, that's really easy to fall into that comfortability, especially whenever we're facing our own sin. But I think you have to kind of do one of those, not necessarily like pros and cons lists, but look at what you're dealing with here. Well, and the word does say, I need to look up this verse right now, that sin does separate us from God. Yeah. Yeah, and why, of course the devil would love that. And That's so when, um, Isaiah 59 too. Um, well, there's actually several verses about it, but one of them is in Isaiah. Um, yeah, it says, I just lost it. Oh, it's because I'm in the wrong book of the Bible. <laughs> but your, iniqui- your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. Yeah. And that's Old Testament talk there, but still, I think, and, and there is the verse in the New Testament that says nothing, no height, no depth can separate us from the love of God. And I think that that's so true. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when Jesus was on the cross and he bore our own sin, mm-hmm. he was in the lowest point, separated the furthest he's ever been from God. Right. God had to turn away from it. Mm-hmm. because Jesus bore those sins for us. And that literally breaks my heart. And I'm so thankful that Jesus did that for us. Um, but, but one of my favorite Proverbs is Proverbs 28, 13. It says, whoever conceals their sin does not prosper, yeah. but the one who confesses and renounces. So they confess it. And then they're like, I'm not doing it anymore. And it says that they find mercy. And yeah. that's such a gift because yep. shame and guilt, are such cr- crippling aspects mm-hmm. and horrible side effects of sin. And um, another verse in first John four eighteen says, there's no fear in love, but perfect love cast out fear. Fear has to do with punishment. Yeah. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. And when I looked over, when I looked up, when I was researching top verses on shame and guilt, this was the number one. And I was like, but it says fear. And yeah. I'm like, but you know what? That's, that's such a root of shame and guilt. Mm-hmm. Fear. Because mm-hmm. it says fear has to do with punishment. And that's, shame and guilt also have to do with punishment. 
That's so real. And yeah. how many times has the word of God told us that we have no reason to fear? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm like, I'm always worrying and worrying is another form of fear because, you know, it's a fear that something that that's undesirable is going to happen. But the reality is, is that we are human and undesirable things will always find their ways into our paths. And so whenever, when we trip up and fall and, um, and we feel shame to come back to the cross, you know, we, we need to be reminded. And another part of being reminded is much easier when you're in the word of God, when you surround yourself with other people who are, you know, who are of faith and who know the Holy Spirit and who read their, their Bibles as well and stay in the word. It's way easier when you're, when you don't isolate yourself. Absolutely. And I know that there are times when you aren't isolated on purpose and you kind of fall into this place, but you know, upon, in those moments called out to the Lord, he hears you and he hears your prayers. You know, you were never too far away from the Lord. Yes. He, he is waiting in the sight of like the prodigal son and he's waiting for that moment for you to come back with open arms gladly. And so yes. don't let, don't let shame be the thing that keeps you from fulfilling the destiny that God has called you to. And I love that verse that says he is always faithful and just to forgive. Yes. Like he is so faithful. Like that means he doesn't fail. Mm -hmm. He's reliable in his forgiveness. And, and he already had like with what he did on the cross, that was literally the ultimate act of forgiveness for past and present and future sins. And, and I'm so incredibly thankful but just really quick before we get off of this question is talking about when we sin against our friends or our brothers and sisters in Christ or our neighbor. Um, that's really hard mm -hmm. and it's hard to know what to do. And sometimes it's, just, we feel like it's easier to just kind of forget it and think, Oh, I bet they didn't think anything about that or, or move on or kind of avoid the situation. Um, but I, and I did not write down where this verse is. It's something, verse 23, it says, so if you're offering your gift at the altar and there, remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift before the altar. First, go and be reconciled to your brother and then come offer your gift. Reconcile quickly with your adversary while you're still on your way to court. Otherwise, Liz and I were laughing so hard at this, y'all. Otherwise, he, the adversary, may hand you over to the judge, and the judge may hand you over to the officer, and you might be thrown in prison. <laughs> so, like, that escalated quickly. But what it's saying is, hey, if you're, you know, try, at church trying to go to the altar, trying to be all religious, Jesus is like, no, stop. If someone's got something to get you, you need to go fix it, because you don't know where that's going to lead. If you're on your way to court and somebody's got something against you, they might tell the judge, then they might tell the police officer, and then you might be thrown into prison. Isn't he saying don't be sowing bad seeds? Yes. You better go dig it up. You better go find them. Yes. But, so that's good character anyways. And For like, sure. The crazy thing is what I'm thinking about is like, we have such a fear that someone's going to not accept our apology or to think so, so terribly of us, which is very possible. But sometimes we forget to think of if this person, if the roles are reversed, how would you respond? Yeah. And if you're, and that's why, again, you know, going back to that first verse in Galatians, you know, going to our brothers, and it was even mentioned in Matthew as well, to, to people who, who we have like an understanding with, 
And so especially, but even if they're not someone that's in your inner circle that's, or that is of faith, I would almost argue that it is, it is just as important to go and to correct those wrongs. Yeah, absolutely. Because you, that, is, that, is your, that is your opportunity to plant a seed of faith in that person's life. You don't know who, who is coming along and watering that seed and cultivating that seed, but the, someone's salvation could be waiting on a seed that could be banking on a seed that you plant. That is so true. That is so incredibly true. And, you know, Liz, you said something earlier as we, we kind of wrap up these questions with, you know, there's a standard attached to loving Jesus to those looking at us who are, who might be outside of the gospel and to those who are, you know, within the gospel that we share that, you know, it seems like such a burden to uphold sometimes, but if you think about life without God, it's not a burden whatsoever. And when you think about the kind of bur- the kind of person that you want to be anyway, I want to be loving. I want to confront when I've done something wrong and I want to reconcile with people. I want to, as far as it depends on me, live at peace with everyone around me. And the thing is, I can't do that without God. And the sad thing is, and, and I don't want to, you know, like there are so many Christians and churches and, and people of faith doing such amazing things. But, but as a whole, it's really sad that sometimes people outside of faith are looked at as being more loving than people who subscribe to the gospel of Jesus. And that's the exact, that's Satan would love for that to be the case. And he does love for that to be the case. And I think that it's time, whoever's listening to this, I think it, it starts with us. It starts with one person to say, you know, I'm going to choose to be nice to this person despite of what they've done to me. I'm going to choose to pray for them and I'm going to choose to bless people who have persecuted me. And I'm going to choose to be the bigger person and send the text or make the phone call. And that is really hard. And it takes a lot of dismantling of pride. And sometimes I'm going to be completely honest with you. And I don't mean this high and mighty. Sometimes you get sick of being the bigger person. Sometimes you're like, I'm ready for somebody to be the bigger person to me, to be completely honest. (laughs) But that's what following Jesus is about. And I don't think we'll ever regret that. Like if we get backlash for somebody about that, at least we can say we tried. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, you know, I was just, I was just looking real quick at the armor of God. Oh, goodness. I'm trying to find it with the, um, is it Ephesians or Galatians? It's Ephesians 6. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. That's what I was the last part of the verse I was reading. Um, one of the things is that whenever you feel like you have to go to battle and sometimes having these hard conversations makes you feel like you're at war with another person. Yeah. That your sword, you put on all this armor that at the end of the day, the sword, the thing that you use to strike others with should not be your own words, but the word of God. Girls, people in the back. That's a check for us to see if, are we lashing out? Are we not necessarily lashing? Are we calling people out or are we upset for our own reasons? Or is this something that can be backed up by the word of God? If it is backed up by the word of God, you don't have anything to worry about. He's saying, I'll do all the heavy lifting. You're like, if if you're upset with what I have to say, you're not upset with me. You're upset with God. Yeah. You're upset with the truth of his word for sure. And so that's why it's so important. But it is, you can't use that sword unless you know it. 
unless you, you practice with it, unless you spend time, you know, diving into his word daily. Yeah. And I think that the motive too, because if your motive is to, is to be right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, I can get there sometimes like, or if your motive is to, this is me too, showing y'all ugly parts of my heart right now is to help someone who you feel has you misunderstood. Like there's nothing worse than feeling misunderstood. Like, Oh, somebody thinks I'm this or somebody thinks I'm this is my point to preach the truth about them to me or is my point to restore them in love to the gospel mm -hmm. because one of them can seem defensive and selfish and one of them can be very productive and loving. Yeah, you're absolutely right. This has been so good. It's, hey, these are some hard things. We talk about it and it's so like, Yes, God's word right now, but y'all, I, I feel for you. If you're in a situation right now where you're dealing with any of these hard things, and there are so many more that we could cover, and if you'd like for us to do that, holler at your girls. But um, if you're if you're in that right now, I'm so sorry, and you will make it through, but not with your own power, but with, like Liz said, the word on your side for sure. Yeah, we love you guys so much. We're so glad that you're here, and, and we're so glad that we've been able to walk through what we've gone so far with on this discipleship journey. Um, it's, it's what a great call, what a great job title that we have. Yes. That is, has been given to us by the Lord himself, that he would trust us to, to aid in growing his kingdom. Yeah. And he's picked broken people. He loves using, using broken people. He loves using people who have a story. So never think that you're too far gone. Never think that you're too far lost, that your story is too ugly. Mm -hmm. Um, because at the right time with the right people in the right place, God's going to use it. And mm -hmm. it's going to, it's going to be greater than anything we could have ever, ever made out of our nasty lives ourselves. So <laughs> um, we have one more discipleship episode left for you guys next week. We're so excited about that. And then after that, we're going to talk about some other stuff that we are super pumped about too. So we're going to talk about toxicity and boundaries and we're, we're just going to dive right into all the hard things this season. We love it. And we love you guys too. Yes, we do. I hope you guys have a great week and we'll see you back here next Tuesday. Bye. Bye guys. That's it for today, fam. Thank you so much for listening and make sure to rate and subscribe. And don't forget to visit us on Instagram at Chosen Girls Movement or on our website to see our merch and free resources. And meet us back here next Tuesday.